Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When the red, red robin comes bum, bum, bumming along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song. form continues as Aquington milk us dry at the valley. Welcome to Charlton Live. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me on the pod this week to look back at yet another defeat 2-0 reverse against Accrington Stanley at the Valley on Friday night uh, extends our run of bad form joining me to uh, to look at it uh, first up we've got Mr Tom Wallin how you doing Tom? yeah not bad mate how are you? yeah, yeah not bad I had a couple of days to calm down at least so <laughs> hope yeah, you didn't ruin your yeah. weekend too much well it didn't until I remembered I was coming on here and then I had to think about it again but uh, yeah. no until about 10 minutes ago I was having a good weekend yeah, see, it's always it's always good to get get the defeat out of the way on the Friday night. Then you can have all the Saturday and and most of Sunday to just to think about yourself. And then you have to come on Charlton Live and live it through again. As does uh, Mark Newbury. How you doing, Mark? I'm all right, mate. I'm 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 a touch more positive. I think. I mean, I've I watched the game, and I, I as a sadist in me, I rewatched another for, like forty minutes of it again just to sort of like make sure I, I was on thinking the same thing. So I'm all right. 
Hmm. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll beat that out of you soon enough. Don't worry, Mark. So on tonight's oh, promise. Game, <laughs> yeah, on tonight's game, uh, we'll be hearing uh, the brief highlights uh, of the match. We'll also hear a post-match interview uh, with Ali Boyer, who was absolutely fuming uh, with his side's performance. Of course, we've got plenty of tweets and emails to uh, come in to read to discuss as well. Plenty of talking points on tonight's show as we uh, extend our difficult run. Two wins now. Uh, in ten games, I think it was only one one clean sheet in twelve. I think it is. It's not. It's not a good run of form. And uh, you know, Accrington Stanley are, are having a good season. Don't forget that. But they are, you know, Accrington Stanley and we're Chatwin Athletic. You, you you almost subconsciously think it's just going to be a walk in the park. But I think anyone who did think that uh, would have had a rude awakening uh, on Saturday. So then um, on Friday evening, I should say. So um, Tom, just before we hear the highlights. Um, Probably, probably an even game until the first goal. Um, but once again, we've sort of shot ourselves in the foot and then Accrington have gone on and doubled it. In the second half, we got into some good areas but didn't really create many chances. Um, and, and I think Accrington will come away from that, you know, once again thinking, well, they've taken theirs. They were clinical and probably look the more cohesive unit throughout the game. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um I'll let Mark do most of the positive talking. But what I will say is I thought Accrington were a lot better than Hull. I thought our performance against Accrington was better than our performance against Hull. I think Hull's the worst I've seen us this season. Um, so they were they were perhaps positives, I think, aside from that. I, I wasn't clinging to much that first half. As you said, we were fairly even. We did get in good positions and create a, a few chances, but... As we've said, and I think I even said on Thursday's show, that end of the pitch largely hasn't been the problem. Obviously, we didn't score against Hull, but before that, I think we'd obviously scored the five against Wimbledon and, and two in the last, what, three or four games around that as well. So, uh, two each game, I should say. So, we were scoring pretty well. It's the defensive side that has just completely fallen apart. And how this is the same side that can uh, kept six clean sheets, I, I don't know. Well, I do. <laughs> I suspect it's because the two key men that were part of that are, are missing. Um, but people like Jason Pierce, you know, experienced player, you can't be making mistakes like that at any level. Um, and Accrington came to the Valley. They were up for the fight. They were fresh from, from a few weeks off uh, and played a, a very good game and, and were absolutely deserved winners. But from a chart perspective, just bitterly disappointing and worrying now, I think, from from my perspective. I'm starting to just get a little bit concerned about where this run is going. Yeah, that is that is a word I'd use, Mark. Certainly worrying and concerning because, you know, the goals have started to dry up now as well, which is something we hadn't seen before. Um, mistakes are still there, which we've seen a lot, unfortunately, throughout this run. Um, and, and you know, we're stuck in a rut, and these ruts can be quite hard to get out of. Uh, they can, but you know, we're seventh. You know, we're not twenty first. We're not twenty second, twenty third, twenty fourth. We're seventh. We're okay. We've lost the games we had in hand on the teams above us. But we're still within a good sniffing distance of the playoffs. Um, it is about turning it round, and you know, like Tom rightly says, you know, it does become worrying. But then you look at it and you think, to yourself, we're, we're logically we're seventh. I'd, I'd, I'd understand a bit more doom and gloom. I know we haven't won for X amount of games, and we do see, you know, the chopping and changing doesn't help in any way, shape, or form. But I, th- I think there were positives. I thought Jake was, well, for me, he was our player 
the match. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Stanley deserved to, to win it because they took the battle to us and, you know, they did the right things. Obviously, their manager saw where we were the weakest and, and played on it. Um, they made the valley very large so they could spread it and we just couldn't cope through the midfield. Um, but, I, you know, I think there were certain signs. Uh, second half, you know, Tom says about first, I think second half, Chucks made made a difference. You know, he, he wasn't bullied off the ball as Washington was. I felt a bit sorry for Washington. I thought it was a bit lonely. But I thought the second half, I think there were green shoots there. And I think once you get that balance and you know, right, you know, if we get Schwartz fit and he starts poking them in, and then I, I think I think there's enough green shoots not to be doom and gloom. Excellent stuff. Well, let's have a listen back to the highlights of the game on Friday night. Your commentators on Valley Pass Live, as always, were Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. Out here to Martin. Miller goes for the run down the line. He's got a little bit of space to turn into. Corner of the penalty area. Attacking the penalty area. On his right foot. Takes a shot. Oh, saved away. And Charlton, the first real shot in anger that Baxter's had to deal with. And it's come from new man Miller. Miller. Controls. He's got two to his left, one of them being Morgan, and he finds Morgan. Crossing opportunity. Swings it in. Headed up in the air. Comes down to force the Cassidy. Controls. With his right foot. It's a good save from the goalkeeper. Diving to his right. It's a great effort from Jake Forster Cassidy on that weaker right foot. Really tested the palms of Nathan Baxter. Miller cuts the side onto his right foot. Looks for the cross towards, towards Washington. It's over his head. And easy for Baxter to collect. Long kick forward towards Pierce, who heads it back, but Bishop's got over the top, and will Bishop score? Yes, he will. Just a long goal kick. Jason Pierce trying to give it back to Ben Amos, couldn't quite do so, and Bishop, with his pace, just gets ahead of both Pierce and Amos, hunts it past Amos, and then converts for an open goal to make it Atkinson Stanley one, Charlton nil. Oh, it was just a long, hopeful ball out, and uh, you thought all day long that. Jason Pierce had this covered as it was launched forward. It was bounced up nicely for him, and but he just didn't get enough on it. And maybe it just uh, hung in the air more than he was expecting. He didn't get enough on it. Couldn't find Amos, and Bishop just kept running and uh, flicked it over Amos, and an easy finish. Short to Morgan. Forward it goes towards Smith. Held up by Burgess. Born the pounds here. It's a decent-looking one. It comes down towards Gilby. Gilby, the shot and oh. saved by Baxter, diving to his left. And possibly didn't get quite the contact he wanted Gilby but his goal bound and it forced a save from Baxter there is the half-time whistle as Charlton go into half-time one goal down courtesy of a Colby Bishop strike taken quickly by Gunter to Anike holding off his man crossing opportunity and is saved by Baxter his cross comes shot in the end looking towards the far post was cut out by the goalkeeper so left to Miller Martin goes on the run behind him, but Miller will find him. Martin, ball into penalty area. It's a shot from Morgan, and Baxter clears away, and as far as Smith. Smith with the shot. It's deflected up in the air and cleared. It's actually a free kick given. Yeah. I now with Pritchard on left-hand side, taking on Gunter. He skipped past him inside the penalty area. Charles with the shot. It's over the ball. Good pressure from Martin. I think he got a touch on it as well, and it will be a corner. Forstokaski, but Akron still have it on the chart left-hand side. Again, Forstokaski getting back and... Feverishly working away, and that should have been a foul, surely, as Postokaski uh, was robbed and the ball into the box. And Accrington still have it. Another ball into the box. Out here to the edge, and Pritchard. Pritchard into the feet of Bishop, and it's an easy finish. But Charlton will be incensed by the fact that there was no decision for Postokaski on that left hand side. Well, yeah, I did think it was a foul, but 
I mean, there's a, it's a ball in the box after that till that's not dealt with by Charlton at all. Well, it's just a simple cross in the end, and it's a nice finish in the end by Bishop. There was a potential foul on Force to Kaski. The play on Oshelaja does well to clear that initial clearance. Martin doesn't get it under control. And it allows McConville to get the ball in the box. And yeah, Oshelaja just mistimes his header. And then trying to get back quickly allows this Bishop in the end to cut inside onto his right foot and deliver a strike that Ben Amos couldn't really do a lot about. Again, from a Charlton perspective, it's a goal that's avoidable. It back towards the uh, Anike, but it's headed clear by Nottingham. And then that's the final moment of the game. There we go then, the highlights from the defeat against Accrington Stanley on Friday evening. Another tough one to take. Um, Tom, I mean, you, you said you felt the performance was better than against Hull. And I, I tend to agree, like someone asked me, was this your worst performance of the season? I said no, because we have had chances and I've seen games where we haven't really done that too much namely that whole game last week where we didn't have too many clear-cut chances so you know there is that to cling on to but you know it's still it's still disappointing the way that you know these these silly mistakes are costing us and actually the fact that those goals have started to dry up will it will be something that's quite concerning to to Lee Bowyer and then obviously you've got to take into account everything that's then happened in and around and after the game because I mean Bo was furious uh, and we'll, we'll we'll hear his reaction and talk a little bit about that as well. But it all, there's a lot of signs of, you know, when you're not taking your chances, when you're making silly errors, and when you've gone only uh, two wins in 10 games. I mean, this is what you'd call very much getting stuck in the rut now. That's what it feels like to me. And the longer it goes on, the harder it is to get out of it. Yeah, you're right. Um, when that goal goes in, as you say, it's a silly mistake and one that Pierce will, I'm sure, hold his hands up for. Uh, but at that point in the game, you're thinking, well, do you know what? It's a fluke goal. It's come out of nowhere. It's a stupid one to concede. We have created chances. Let's not panic too much. Because at that point, uh, we had created chances. We we looked okay. Um, but as you say, when you bring it into the context of then conceding another soft goal a bit later on, of losing the match, of everything that happened post-match with the fallout, of the fact that it's come in this run you put all that together and that's where the concern comes in for me and I think although we create we did create some chances um and although it was only 2-0 I felt even at half time they could have been three or four you know there was there were so many times where they were just dominating the territory and I think I put something on, on Twitter about you know, they were just picking the ball up 30 yards from our goal and just having that ability to turn on the ball and, and drive forward. And, and we just couldn't do that. And uh, there are obvious gaps, obviously, with our defensive midfielders um, in that position. And so there are maybe reasons why it's happening. But but that's not good enough. You know, that there are enough good footballers in there to be able to at least close down some of the space. But it was the manner of the performance as it went on and as we conceded that second goal and the game just started to drift away from us. And I think last Sunday, or whenever it was we played Hull, was it only last week? I said um, that I could never see us getting back in that game. And at 1-0 down against Accrington, I did see us getting back in. But once that second goal came on, uh, sorry, uh, went in, it kind of killed it off. And, you know, Boya mentioned it himself, the substitutes not really having a huge effect. Mark mentioned Jake was the only one you know, to, to come out with any credit. And I agree. I thought, <laughs> weirdly, he actually had a very good game, Jake. Um, really tried to make things happen. But there was just, 
yeah, not not enough positives. And when, as I say, when you put it in the context of the run we're on at the moment, it's like, how do you get yourself out of this rut? You know, we've been in here, places like this before, and it's about just trying to get something, something. And whether that's Ronnie Schwartz banging one in, or whether that's Liam Miller, you know, curling one in from the edge of the box, or something, just to give us that lift and get that one result. And I've said plenty of times this season, I feel like when we click, we will go on a run because the the squad and the players we've got are more than good enough. But it's something you referenced right at the start of the show. They were a better cohesive unit. We we look like individual players and, and that's the worry, especially when you factor in the comments from Bo after the game and the kind of disjointed nature of, you know, the dressing room. Uh, you know, we're looking at it from afar, but it does seem like, you know, cracks are starting to appear in that relationship perhaps. And, and that's a worry. Mm, yeah, it certainly is. Um, one of the things, obviously, that we built our early season or our early season success on when we when we went on that six game winning run and obviously kept all those clean sheets. Mark was our, you know, solid defensive unit that we've completely lost now. And and unfortunately, it was really quite obvious from the the first goal that we conceded. It was just a a punt up field from uh, Baxter, the goalkeeper for Accrington. Uh, a simple long ball and, and obviously Jason Pierce has misjudged it and, and, and headed it straight to, to the goal sh- scorer Bishop and you know mistakes like that in a, a game that had been probably fairly even um, you know that, that that's what you really can't afford to make in, in these little runs that we're on now. No you can't I mean Deji obviously looked a little rusty from playing there but I didn't think he was too bad until he like threw himself in front of a ball which wasn't being shot um, Pierce, I mean, I look at that header back and just thinking, you know, if Charlie Barker had been running back and done that, we'd all be saying, you know what, he's a kid, he'll learn from that. Pierce hasn't got that excuse. He's the captain, he's supposed to be the leader of that team, and it was just, a, you know, I don't know why he just even headed it all back over. He knew the runner was with him, Bishop. He, he knew he was with him. So you make sure, or you just, say knock it up in the air and defend it that way I mean the thing is I slightly disagree um, with Tom because I I don't remember Amos making sort of like when they had all that possession many saves where we had to fly and parry he was doing catches a few P-rollers came through to him and they had some sighters but nothing where Amos really had to get his shorts dirty Um, defensively I think Marston they pushed up on him very quickly but the mistake I think we made is that when we were playing out from the back from a goalkeeper, we just kept playing it short, short, short. So they pushed up, pushed up, pushed up, pushed up because they knew we had no one in midfield who was keeping the ball. So, you know, it ended up just coming back too fast. And across the back, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd said it was sort of like the start of the season. When we were doing so well, I couldn't see Pierce getting in if um Innes and Fatuimo were, were fit I couldn't see Pierce getting in I didn't think he would deserve to get back in because of the way those two were playing and now I'm thinking if uh, if I have a choice of three fit centre halves Pierce can go on the bench um it might sound a bit harsh because you say oh, it's, you know, it's just like one mistake but it's not I think you know we we saw him do so well against big physical strikers but it's against someone who's nippy they've said like get round him he, he, you know he hasn't got much speed he doesn't turn well um, so I'm I'm not surprised Faith said, right, if we can lump it up and split the centre-halves, we can do something. I felt sorry for Amos, really, as he's seen it bounce. There's nothing he could have done apart from sort of like maybe take the guy out and get a red card. But, you know, and then you're just looking at being 10 men with a penalty. And so 
it's it's tough across that back four um, to to know who you would have. You know, do you go with Matthews, who's a bit more of a raider, or do you go with Gunter, who's you got to think we've got experienced internationals in that team, and yet you know if you looked at us yesterday, someone came from another planet and looked about yesterday, they'd go no none none of those any good. So it's 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 hard to say. I don't think anyone mm. from the defence you know got any credit yesterday. Uh, from yeah. It. Yeah, it didn't it, it didn't look uh you know great. I mean I mean the, the the second goal obviously we'll talk about what happened in between after Tom, but the second goal, um again, I mean Deji Deji got the, the clearance right for the first one, but then as the cross came in the second time, I guess he didn't exactly cover himself in glory for that one. And again, you know, you give him the excuse of it's his first game starting for a while, but is it his first game starting for a while because he does have these slightly erratic moments in his uh, in his locker. Yeah, I wouldn't say Deji's set the world alight, has he, since signing for us? But um, you're right, you you do have to caveat his performance with the fact that he, he's had a long spell out. It'll be interesting to see if Boya does persist with him for the next couple of games while Prattley's out, just how he gets on, because he might he, he might improve, we don't know. But again, it's just a, a very sloppy goal to concede. As you say, we had three or four opportunities in the, the whole passage of play to clear the ball, um, and we didn't do it successfully, and... It was a nice little finish from, I think, Bishop again in, in the box. But, you know, he sells Deji, an absolute dummy, to to send him sliding across the valley, almost back down the tunnel, and just slots it in. And it was another very simple goal from an Accrington perspective to, to take. And it's just, as I said, right at the start of the show, that back four, or I don't just want to blame the back four because plenty of people pointed out on social media that the midfield weren't exactly covering them a lot, but... Just our defensive shape and our defensive positioning and our just how we defend is, at the moment, absolutely woeful. And as I say, this is a team that had kept six clean sheets in a row that were building, that were pushing their way up the table, and and it's all fallen apart. And Yes, Famwo and Innes were, were big losses, but, but Jason Pierce is a competent player. Deji Oshalaja at this level is a competent player. Darren Prattley is full of experience, might not be used to playing there, but does... Chris Gunter, obviously with the Welsh connection, but just in terms of a player, is somebody I rate. And I don't think he's covered it off in glory. He made very big errors. Was it against Burton? He made a couple of really bad ones. So all across the the kind of defensive half of our game, we, we just look so sloppy. And if we're not scoring at the other end, like we haven't for the past couple of games, then obviously you're going to lose the game. And as I said, it's just about how we get out from this now. We've obviously got another opportunity very quickly in a couple of days. And whether that's good or bad, I'm not sure. But for me, I think it's it's a positive just to try and try and just turn it around as quickly as we can and just get a win to try and stop the rut, basically. Mm. Now, I mean, one of the more concerning things for me that we did on on, on Friday evening is that we did seem quite easy to play through, Mark. Like, I think, you know, Accrington at times, you know, it was like our midfield was a little bit non-existent. Um, you know, and, and that, that was one of the things that, that really sort of riled me up because I think, you know... Considering how well we haven't been defended, unfortunately, recently, having a free run at our back line probably doesn't help. No, it doesn't. And I think you've got to look at the personnel, which was across for four. You know, Miller, a winger. Albie is a good pass of a ball, but likes time. Uh, Gilby, good pass of a ball, likes time. And then you had Jake, who was really trying to cover and be sort of like the defensive guy, but to try and drive us forward. So we ended up doing um, everything. Um, it's... <laughs> It's funny, I think one of the players, if we'd had him here and he wasn't out on loan at Mansfield, who who could have 
gone into there and replaced Watson or Prattley is Lapsley. Um, you know, and we'll, we're looking to sell him anyway. I think we, we did look light across the middle, but to be honest, that's something Bowyer should have spotted. You know, if he saw how much space, and I said at the beginning that they made the valley look very big. When you watch the game, you see almost acres of space appear, and you're thinking there's so much. They pushed us up so much. There were big gaps, which, you know, a clever person could sort of like get themselves into, get the ball into, but we, we didn't because it was just an unbalanced four. I think if Bowyer had, you know, I think this comes down to him as well. I think if he looked at it and gone, you know, because I thought Smith did quite well. You know, he was putting himself around, but was just too far away from Washington. Say, say to Smith, right, you drop back. I want a tight five and get them, get Morgan and Gilby and Jake closer to each other. And now it would have probably stopped that stranglehold, but we didn't. We were still trying to play it, and we just it was just coming back too fast because it wasn't sticking off Washington. I think when he did get it, you know, a couple of times it's it's come back. He's he's looking to pass back because there was just no one overlapping. And like I said, they were. You know, when Marston did try and bomb on, you know, his final ball wasn't particularly great. And then he's caught out of position and he's he's quick, but not that quick. So, yeah, no, it was. I think it was just a wrong balance. But I think Bowyer could have looked at that and gone, you know what, go to, go to the five and then just try and strangle midfield for a bit just to stop them getting the success they were getting. Mm, yeah, it didn't uh, didn't work out that way, unfortunately. Of course, um, I mean before before we hear from Bo, a couple of positives to take. I thought Liam Miller uh, for his debut was very good, well, lively certainly in, in the opening exchanges. Uh, Tom, and then obviously seeing Ronnie Schwartz coming on late on. Um, you know, I think we only really saw one or two little flicks, but you know, ho- hoping that these players could be the ones to to come in and turn our season around now. Yeah, you could see straight away what what Miller gave us. I think he got the ball in the first couple of minutes and took a couple of people on and and got down to the byline. I thought his passing was slightly off, but you know we'll let him off that because he he's not played a huge amount of football. Um, but he's got pace. He he knows where the goal is and and that's where he's aiming towards at all times. He obviously had that shot from the edge of the box. He's very direct. Um, and yeah, obviously it sounds like Alfie's out the door, so he's going to be a, a ready-made replacement for that role. My only slight concern is that when Alfie was in the team, we had a tendency to just give it to him and expect him to do everything. Um, and we were very one-dimensional in that respect. I hope that doesn't happen with Miller and that we utilise the rest of that midfield because, again, perhaps defensively, they, they're not brilliant, but Forster Kasky can pick a pass as... Um, Mark said Albie Morgan loves a pass. Johnny Williams and Madison, if we see Madison again, are both very direct players. So Shinny has looked good since coming in. There's a lot of good players in that midfield. Um, so I hope we don't just rely on, on Miller. Um, and yeah, Ronnie, I don't think we can actually kind of say too much about his performance. But I think just getting him on pitch and getting some minutes in him is important. And if we can do the same again towards the end of the game Tuesday night, that'd be good. And maybe look to start him in the next week or two. Because I think... You know, we're all pinning our hopes on him getting us some goals and, and firing us back up, up the league. As Mark says, we haven't dropped off too far, luckily, because the league is pretty dreadful this season. But um, yeah, I think it's exciting to have players through the door, definitely. Uh, and you've got to try and find positives like that after after a result like that. Mm, right, well, let's have a listen to what Lee Bowyer came and said to the press after the game. Um, obviously, he did his Valley Pass interview before he came to speak to us. And unfortunately, I haven't got a copy of that. But we'll talk a little bit about something he said in that as well. Uh, but first of all, let's listen to what he said to me uh, when I asked him after the game how he felt 
about the performance? Uh, well, um, really disappointed. Uh, yeah, let's leave it at that. I'm disappointed. Well, what, what did you make of the game overall? Do you think uh, Atkinson were, were deserving of the win? Um, you know, what, what about the defending for the goals as well? I guess that might have been quite frustrating, uh, frustrating for you. Yeah, I thought they deserved to win. I think from start to finish, they looked hungrier. They had more fight. Um, and I've just said to the players, it's probably the calmest I've ever been after a defeat, ever. And it's because you can't can't defend what just happened. I can't defend it. Um, it's not like my team. My team, you fight for, for everything. And then at least if you come off, then you, you you say, do you know what? I've given everything. There's too many, too many last week, too many this week. I think they can just turn up and 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 it will give you three points. We got out full, out battled. Um, we was too soft. First goal, like it's, it's laughable. It's laughable. It's like going to watch Sunday League football. That goal, what the goalkeeper catches the ball and then just punts it. Like there's no punts it up there, and th and then you have a mix up and come on, meant to be professional footballers. That can't be happening. So you've got to take pride, like two experienced players, your captain and and, and the goalkeeper. That, that, that's a poor goal and then the second one as well yeah at times we, we, we moved the ball well we had to move it well because we don't we don't have that physicality until we bring chucks on so we had to be brave and try and play out at times probably overplay at times but, but when we did do it then we looked dangerous we, we looked dangerous but again in front of goal Half chances, if you like, they threw their body in the line and, and blocked shots. They keep them made some good saves. But, yeah, just not good enough. It's just not good enough. It's not acceptable. And, and to play for this football club, we think that it's acceptable to jump out of tackles. Literally jump out of the way. Again, that's two players now. Like, that's it. To play for this club, you should be proud and fight for your shirt. There's too many that think that they can just turn up. It's okay. Oh, I've got another one Tuesday because we've got we've got injuries, and and when we're short in midfield, and, and I don't know, maybe maybe people think, well, I I have to play because there's no one else. So then they think that they can just take it easy. I don't know. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. But that's that. What I've just witnessed there is not 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 what I expect from from any of my team. So yeah, disappointed is is. I'm being very, very polite. Well, see, with 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 the run we're totting her in now, there's there's a real danger that the side could really get sort of stuck into a rut. Um, the the game on Tuesday comes comes quick. Then, I mean, what do you think you can do between now and then to get the reaction that obviously you're going to be demanding from them? Sometimes, sometimes, Louis, it's not about what I do. And, and I said to the players, like, you have to look at yourselves at times. Are you, are you, do you accept what you've just done there on the pitch? Do you accept it as a professional footballer? I said, like, look, some of them, their career, their, it's their career. Some of them are coming up, it's their last year in their contract. Some of them are playing for contracts, whether it's with this club or, or a different club. Like, they're on Sky Telly. Like, they're the days that you, if anything, you like, 
you express. Not, not go the other way. And when I say you've got to be brave and you've got to fight and compete, and that also means to be brave and getting on the ball, not just hiding. Get on the ball, make something happen for your team. Not just a physical side. So, yeah, there's, listen, there's not... What will I do? I will speak to them. I will speak to them as, as individuals. Um, but as, as, as a starting eleven, there's not really much you can do. The midfield is the midfield. That's the three midfielders that are fit and eligible to play today and Tuesday. There'd be no different. Johnny Williams came on. Was he any better than any others? No. You brought Madison on, like midfielders. You bring your midfielders on, you think, come on, nag, nag, give us that bit, that last 20 minutes, like last 30 minutes. Chucks did. Chucks made a difference when he came on for us. But the other two didn't. The other two didn't. If anything, it made us weaker. And I have to take the blame for that. I brought on subs to try and make us better, and it made us weaker. But then that's players that have to look at themselves as well. Is, have I given enough? Could I have given more? And if any of them walk off that pitch and say, yeah, I, I could have, no, I, I gave everything, then they're liars. So at the end of the day, I can do so much, but sometimes it comes within. And, and you have to, if you accept that that's good enough, then you're in the wrong game. And you're definitely at the wrong club because you have to fight when you play for this club. Just one more for me, because I know there's others on who want to ask questions as well. But um, the, the two newbies today, Liam, uh, looked quite lively. Uh, obviously, we only saw Ronnie late on, but what, what did you make of those two? Uh, yeah, Liam, I think he done exactly what I expected him to do. Um, good, gets us up the pitch. A bit like Alfie Daddy, really. You know, like gets you from back to front quite quickly, moves with the ball well. Um, again, the bits that I need him to improve on, that he will improve on, is that final finish. So today he skipped inside a couple of times and the finish, if the finish is better, he scores. He scores today at least once. Um, but I knew that that was something we'd have to work on, but we just haven't had time yet. He's been with us for two days, um, two sessions. So, uh, but that's something that we'll pick up on uh, Monday. I'll work with him on that on, on Monday for sure. Because if we can get that right, then he will score goals for us because he gets into that position like Alfie does. Um, really regular. And Ronnie, and Ronnie it, like, I, I just will put him on 15 minutes. If he gets a chance, he's going to score. Unfortunately, he didn't get a chance. Good for him to get a feel for the, for the place, the stadium and, and the players. Um, but you did see little bits of him like dropping into holes. His layoff, his link-up play is very good. And, and all, all I can say is, trust me, he's finishing very good. So when he does get a chance, then, then you'll, you'll see that. It was good to see them both out there today. I think that, that was probably the only plus out of this evening. Just in terms of the, the, the transfer window, obviously this would be an opportunity to perhaps shake things up in a normal season, wouldn't it? But with the cap as it is, would you, would you, have looked, would you be looking to shake it up if you could do, Lee, off the back of what you've seen up to now? If I could, I would, Rich because there's too many that that are in that comfort zone. Um, so, yeah, if I could shake it up, I would, but it's, it's difficult. It's so difficult. Like, we've done well to get Ronnie through the door, that, like over the over 21. 
um, players. So, yeah, it's going to be hard unless people we move people out. But even that, it's, it's not that easy. We could, we could move a player out just on, I don't know, just say £100 a week, say. But then that doesn't mean to say that you can then replace him with a player for £100 a week. It might only have £30 left of that £100 a week left that you can use, you know. It's so complicated. And we're always thinking and trying, oh, what about this player? What about this player? Like, it's so hard. Um, trust me, we're trying our hardest to, to, to try and close that gap between us and, and, and the, the, the other squads and... It's hard. It's hard. His cap is making it so difficult. It's not the owner. Like he, he wants to go on and like come on. Let's let's get stronger. I'll back you. The only ones that we might be able to do it is, is, is under twenty-one players, and, and we know that they're 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 hit and miss. They're not going to come and help us get promoted today. Um, there'd be players that we bring in for the future, for the future of the football club. You know. Um, so yeah, this window is going to be hard. It's going to be really difficult. Do you, Omar Bogle wasn't involved tonight. Was that just a selection thing or anything else? Yeah, because he wasn't good enough last game. Okay. So wasn't good enough. Um, I've spoken to Omar. So he knows the reasons. Uh, but yeah, he's, um, he missed out the squad today. Sometimes people have to miss out and today Omar's missed out. And just finally, on Alfie Doughty, no update. Fans will maybe wonder if there is any update with his situation. All I can say is that there's three championship sides that uh, we've agreed terms with. Um, I expect Alfie will speak to all three of them. Um, I think he should. Um, don't just make a rash decision. I think he should speak to all three. Um, he's been really good, Alfie. He's been knocking on the door like obviously there's about the club but this is football rich like these are things that you, you can't control so um, yeah I expect him to be gone in the near future I don't know how soon but I think it's now just down to the three clubs and, and Alfie and his family and his agent getting together and meeting and chatting and see which one he prefers. So it might take a little bit of time, that, but I expect him to be going, yeah. Um, so it seems like frequently this season the team has gotten better in the second half of games, but that obviously didn't happen today. Is that um, another worrying sign? Say that again, sorry? Uh, he, he said it, it, it's, it seems that the team tends to get better in the second half of games. He said he didn't feel that was the case today and just asked if that's a worrying sign. Yeah, of course it's worrying because normally your subs, our subs make an impact. Um, and taking, obviously, Chucks, I thought he improved us when he came on at half time. But I think other subs uh, made us weaker. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I can't, I can't, I can't defend it. Like, I think we all witnessed it. You all see it. I cannot defend it, the impossible players on that, that made us weaker. So, yeah, we didn't finish as strong as what we normally would. I've got to take Ronnie out of that, of course, because he was only on for a short period and the game was gone by then because, obviously, two goals we give away. But I think we did see some glimpses of Ronnie, what he will bring when he is fully fit. 
And then just, just lastly, you've been fairly critical of some of your players publicly. I mean, I think it deserves today was completely not good enough, but are you concerned that the message isn't quite getting to them? Because it doesn't seem like things are fully improving. No, no, I think they get the message. Um, might be a confidence thing for, for some of them. But you, they have to realise that they've got this opportunity. They're playing, they've got a job that they love. And you, you can't let it go. This career, it's, it, it flies by. And, and that's what I just reminded them there. Like, this career you have, you're lucky and, and you should enjoy every moment of it. Don't, don't waste any of it. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's what hurts me is that there's too many at the moment that just think that it's okay to not be very good. So that, that, that hurts me. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. He swings it towards the far post. Innis jumps, heads down. Bogle touchdown. Bradley! Smacks it in! And Charlton take the lead. That's a really well-worked corner. Innis with the head down. Bogle touches it. And Darren Prattley, the substitute, just smacks it into the roof of the net. Just say to Ethan behind. Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live on your Sunday evening there. Just for the break, we heard Lee Bayer's uh, post-match reaction to the game against uh, Accrington Stanley on uh, Friday night. You could hear his frustration. Um, I thought it was interesting when I asked him what he can do between now and Tuesday. And he, he effectively said, well, what can I do? Is it, Sometimes there's not much I can do. It's down to what the players are going to do for him. So clearly, uh, frustration uh, from him there and also I mean uh, the, the the quote from the Valley Pass interview with Mark McAdam of course was standing in for, for Scott Minto and just asked how Marcus Madison was of course Ma- Madison came on sort of late on 
I think he put in one cross that, that caused a bit of chaos and then he went down injured towards the end and then uh, Boya was asked if Madison is seriously injured uh, and he said, I don't know and I don't care. Uh, you've got a player who is jumping out of tackles then and then he says he's got a knock before that. If you do that again, then you're done. So clearly uh, frustration. I mean, I was shocked to see him say, you know, I don't care about a player's injury. I mean, I, you can imagine the context of it. You know, frustration is very soon after the full-time whistle that Boya has to go and speak to Valley Pass, so he's still riled up. But, I mean, he certainly reacted with high levels of frustration after the game, Mark. And I guess you could see why. I mean, sure, that's got to be a sign of the fact that he's feeling he's feeling a bit of the, of the pinch now and, and pressure and, you know, annoyance at how, how things have gone over the last few weeks. Well, he, yeah, it, I think it obviously was frustration with that comment and mixed with sort of like anger and annoyance because he, he sees them training in a week and he sees them doing what he wants them to do. He obviously gets them drilled into playing a certain way, into certain formations, and then he sees them go out and not do it. And you can, you know, you're thinking that's just obviously going to be so frustrating because he knows they can do it. He knows they can get into the positions and know they can pass the ball well, and then it doesn't happen. Um, it's, a, it's a strange one with Madison, because I think I'm not sure how many appearances he's got for us this season since he's, since he's come in. Uh, not many. Uh, two goals, I think. But it's, it's he's divided the fans. Um, I, say, I know Nathan always says, you know, stays off, and Benji always says they stay off social media straight away after a game, because you just get such knee-jerk reactions. And I think that's what Bowyer's was. It was a knee-jerk reaction. But, you know, you get some people who think the sun shines out of Madison's tattoos and some people thinking, you know, he's just a glory boy who's only in it for himself. And so, you know, if, if Bowyer says that he doesn't care, you know, half half the fans are going to go, yep, don't care either. And half the fans are going to go, oh, that's terrible. He's the new Messiah. Uh, I don't think he's the Messiah. I just think he's a very naughty boy. Um, it's, it's difficult. I, I think... If you have a touch more time, I know obviously media commitments come along, but I think if you have a touch more time to look at it and someone asks him that question again, he's going to say, we don't know, it's too early to have a scan. But I think with him, it's for frustration because it's not that long ago where he called out Johnny Williams, he said, because he pulled out of a tackle and everyone went, oh, you, you can't do that. And thinking, well, Bowie is the manager. He can pretty much do you know, say what he likes to a degree um, because, you know, because he he wants them to do certain things. So if he, in his mind, Madison's jumped out of a tackle, I I don't know whether he jumped out of a tackle or jumped over a tackle. And, you know, you did see him say that he'd been clipped. And then when his ankle did turn in the divot in the valley, you know, it's, it's not one you could run off. So... You know, I just hope it's not a, a, a bad ankle da- damage, and it is, mm. could just be bruising. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't I know. Mean, I just think. I mean, when, when you see the reaction, Tom from Lee Bowyer like that, what, what, how, how do you feel about that? I mean, obviously, as, as Mark mentioned, there we've seen it from from Bo after the game against Shrewsbury with regards to Johnny Williams. Obviously, he's, he's called out players before. Um, you know that that certainly is part of his style. I mean, I, you know, I, I, some will say, will that affect the morale in the Campbell players? How how will they react to being called out in public like that? Um, but at the same time, you know, Bo will be thinking, well, I've asked them to do something and they haven't done it. It's it's a tough one. I don't know how you analyse it, really, Tom. 
Yeah, I, I when I read it that night, and I, I had had a couple of beers, but I, and I was annoyed at the result, but I found it really funny. Um, but in the co- and I partly found it funny because, and I think I said this in, in a tweet as well that not that particular comment he made, but another one about players jumping out of tackles and stuff, I largely agreed with. Um, and I said it wasn't the reason we lost the game, but he's calling out what he sees, and that's fair enough. I think. To come out and say he doesn't care, and I, I'm sure he didn't mean that, uh, is unprofessional uh, at best. Um, I think he does need more time before coming out. Uh, and it's, as a fan, it's refreshing to see a manager being so honest. But I think that sort of behaviour does potentially, yeah, does potentially danger the harmony in the camp. Um and look, he has called out players before and we've seen them react. Uh, Omar Bogle obviously did get a goal. I know he's sort of dropped off again now, but he did. Johnny Williams came in, got a goal. Um, so he could quite happily stand by that and say, well, look, it, it's worked. But I said it to, to you and Aif on on the Saturday morning. I just wonder whether, and I don't want to just say it's a generational thing, but whether younger players now really react in the same way, you know. Boyer, I think in his interview for Sky, said, you know, or it might have been in the Valley Pass one, if I had a bad game, I wanted players, you know, pulling me up on it and telling me, and and I would do the same for for players on my team. And we we know a couple of infamous uh, incidents to that respect, but that was, what, 20, 25 years ago? That that was a long time ago, and players do change now. Um, And so I just wonder whether it's, accepted now in a dressing room for players to do that and whether you want to say that players are too soft by reacting that way then then that's fair enough but I don't know in the cold light of day it made me very uncomfortable to see him say that despite the fact that I will say that Madison comes with a reputation and it did to me look like that it, it went down very easy he went down very easily but you know look, I, I'm not there I can't speak for him it was just how I saw it so it goes back to that point I made in our last answer about just feeling like things are just becoming a little bit, a little bit unpicked behind the scenes, you know, the behavior like that. And he's treading a very fine line, isn't he, Boya? You know, calling people out like that. And if it works, you know, brilliant. But if it doesn't, he's, he's in danger of losing the squad very quickly because there's only so many players you can call out and he's already done it to at least three or four of them. So yeah, at the time I found it a little bit funny, um, but but in the cold light of day, I think it's pr- probably unacceptable, certainly to say that you, you don't care about an injury. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens Tuesday night. Um, I don't know if we've heard anything about Madison's injury yet, but but certainly next time he is available to play, it'll be very interesting to see what Boya does. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We didn't hear too much more about Madison's injury other than the. At the moment, the, the the manager wasn't too pleased with his uh, performance. Let's have a look at some of the correspondence that's come in then over the last few days since that 2-0 defeat at home against Atquinton. Lawrence said, I need to start writing now. And again, that was uh, during the second half. We started to get more and more messages uh, during, during games now. People are getting so uh, frustrated and you can understand why. Um, uh, lonely man in pants uh, says any chance you can skip straight to the next big match preview and forget the cringeworthy, awful... Uh, Feculent crap at the Valley tonight. Yeah, I wish uh, wish we could, unfortunately. Mitch says, uh, on the plus side, uh, I didn't have to pay a tenner for the stream. On the negative side, absolutely everything else. Plus, the wife knows I'm football-free now, so I'll be football-free now all weekend. So it's chairs, uh, chores and repairs 
for me. Chores for Charlton. Unlucky Mitch. Sorry to hear that. Uh, Redmond says, I can't listen to Sunday's show. I don't want to recap that performance. Uh, we need a massive kick at the backside. New ideas or something. Liam says, a disgraceful performance. Completely outplayed. However, Boya has stuck with us through tough times when he didn't have to. Fans owe it to him to allow him the time to get it right. And obviously that is a big conversation point now amongst uh, some supporters um no, mark i think people are sort of falling on either side of, of a conversation now as to whether you know whether I, 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 I don't know if i mean there's certainly a few during a game who, who might be calling for the manager's head certainly but and, and obviously there's others on the other side who want to see him given more time um my only theory on this is i mean don't forget i mean if we could agree at the start of the season that there we were under all these embargoes and things were difficult and then it was accepted that you know we we rushed together a squad players who you know probably need a bit more time and we knew the constraints of the cap well none of that's changed you know obviously they've had a few more you know a couple of months now together to try and perform better and obviously I think they should be but at the same time those injuries are there we were a team that was built upon our defense which we unfortunately lost a couple of key players there and also we are going now into this um, this transfer window where we've brought a couple in, hopefully see if Bowyer and, and Steve Gannon and whatnot will be able to move things around and bring a couple more in. But, you know, we, we do still work within the constraints that we started off the season with in terms of the, the wage cap and putting together a team at the last minute. So in that case, nothing really has changed. So does that not mean that surely we have to give the manager more time to work within a transfer window where he's got a little bit of room to manoeuvre? Oh, I totally think so. But I think as a football fan, your expectations change almost weekly because you see them win and you're thinking, oh, wow, look at us. We're, we're, you know, we're 70s Brazil. We're fantastic. You know, we're 90s Barcelona. We're great. And then the next week you lose and you're going, oh, my God, we're well in. You know, and it's it's hard sometimes to say. I mean, if if you look at where it is at the start of the season, before Thomas came in and we knew he was going to come in, we were under such handcuff restraints. We honestly didn't think. I mean, all the summer shows we did, we didn't think we'd almost start off the season. A, we would start the season anyway, but be with 11 players or it'd only be the kids. And then, you know, we did we did well. We You know, we picked up, like, we had all the clean sheets. We won games. It gave us a good foundation. And, of course, then your expectations then go, oh, look, look at what we're doing now. If we carry this on, we can... You know, we can be champions. We can go up, blah, blah, blah. And then it's how you deal when you get sort of like the knockbacks. Yes, it's a bad run at the moment. But in in a context of, you know, if you ask probably any fan in August or when the season starts, was it August? Yeah. Um, you know, where do you think we're going to finish with the team we have now? I'd Most fans, I think, would have gone, you know, if we finish mid-table, we'll be lucky. And you think so? We're seventh at the moment. We've got potentially, you know, players to come back from injury to make us stronger. If they pick up maybe another signing, we let another one go. Um, I think you know, it, like I say, because your perspectives change almost on a weekly basis. Yes, it's doom and gloom. We've lost a few on a bounce, and we can't see where it's going to come from. But you know, at, we were two one down at Wimbledon, and no one, I don't think, looked at that would have thought that would have come out on one five two. You know, and look terrific in that second half. So I think your expectations have to be limited. 
Um, I, I just don't understand straight away. Call, call for his head. Call for his hood. Call for his head. I mean, and I heard like Paul Cook's the name which keeps coming up. And I'm thinking, if he comes in, it's not like he's going to suddenly bring in a load of new players because you know he's he's going to have his own people maybe, but you know he won't have a time with what's left of a window. So we're going to see out this season with the players we have here anyway. And then, you know, you say, right, hold on a minute, does he, how long does he get a clean slate for? Next season we don't do well. I think I think Bowyer will get there. And I've got, I've, I've got faith with him until until it's proven that we actually can't do anything, anything more with him. We can't develop him more than a manager. He can't develop us more than a team. Um, I think signing a Schwartz might actually help us. Um, and I know he said he, you know, he touched the ball a couple of times. But what was noticeable about his movement off the ball was the way he was talking to the players around him. And I think, so, you know, if if we can get some service to him, maybe sort of like Williams on one side and Miller on the other. And you know, I th- I think there's potential then. I think it'll, it'll take one or two wins, and everyone's going to be going. Oh, you know, we were so silly. We were talking about getting rid of him. I mean, God, what's the worst thing that happens? Joey Barton turns up. Is that what you want? Is it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I, I'm hoping it's not quite the binary choice of Bowyer or Barton, but we'll see. I mean, that's a quite get those two together in a in a in a in a, in a uh, sort of managerial duo. That'd be quite interesting, right? Um, uh, Craig said the dust has settled, and I've been moaning about performances for a couple of months. I agree with Bowyer. Every player is playing below their own level. This is a management problem. I'm not a bows out person, but this is his test. The only person resolving it is the manager. Michael says the performance of the entire team on Friday was poor. Aquinton played as a team. We did not. The management team need to regroup and come up with something new as repeating the same thing week after week and expecting a different result is not working. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, Daniel says, I think there's a lot of uncertainty within the squad, which is flowing through to the performances on the pitch. We're missing Innes and Fainwell at the back. Hopefully Ronnie Rocket starts as far. And Alex says the defending was hard to watch. Pierce struggled. Uh, Martin kept giving the ball away. Absolutely no fight. The thing is, we have some good. We had some good chances. Forster, Kasky, and Miller were class, uh, and Smith was absolutely quality too, in my opinion. He never stopped going. Just for Alex, Dave said he was glad he missed it. To be honest, um, yep, uh, it could have been fogged though. Dave, uh, Peter Lee says uh, two defensive errors resulted in two goals. Pre-Christmas run was built on keeping a clean sheet. Four-three-three versus three-five-two meant always struggling to pick up uh, the second ball or have any control. Bose has had so many players, he's still trying to get the right balance. Confidence uh, will improve. Yeah, it's interesting, actually. Sky put out that stuff before the game, Tom. I think Charlton have made more changes than anyone else in League One. And obviously, Atkinson, I think, had made the fewest. Um, so, I mean, you know, we, we understand part of the reasoning why Bo makes these changes. You know, we've been burnt a bit in the past with players getting overtired and fatigue setting in and injuries kicking in. We've had injury crises beforehand. Um, I mean, surely that, you know... You have to find that right balance, don't you, between not making so many changes that you fail to find that cohesive team, but obviously trying to keep everyone as fresh as possible as well. Yeah, and I don't think it's just that. It's the fact that we've brought in 12, 13 players this year, um, and it's going to take us time to figure out who the best ones are and and what formation to play them in. Um, So I think it's twofold. And we, uh, under power, when we brought all those players in that that title-winning season... You know, it was even at the time we were saying this doesn't happen very often that you bring that many players in and they just gel like that. And I think everything we've been talking about tonight, the 
the kind of lack of coherence between them, the the amount of changes we've made this season, the rushed signings, everything. I said it a couple of weeks ago on this show that I don't think Bose knows what his best eleven is yet in terms of who starts and in what position they start. And I think that stat tells you that that's the case. He's trying to work out who the best people are. He's protecting some players, you're right, with injury. And his hand has been forced by some other injuries. So going back to your other question to Mark about about the Bowyer in, Bowyer out, I don't think Bowyer should go out by any stretch. I think he's the man at the moment. But at the same time, we don't owe him anything. And if results continue like this, I feel like that question can be asked. But I feel at the moment he deserves an opportunity to try and work out who his best 11 are. And I agree it's frustrating because as every week goes past, you feel like we should be getting there. But he's trying different stuff every week. And until that clicks, I think you know we are going to have to accept the odd bad result. I think what's frustrating at the moment is there are so many of them, or, or certainly there has been a run of them. Um, but it's the nature of what we've had to do this season. You know, recruit late, recruit large numbers. It's going to take a while to find it. Um, so, yeah, I think he deserves a little bit of leeway to that respect. But at the same time, at some point, he is going to have to start making decisions and sticking sticking with it and just letting it play out and see what happens. Um, and uh, until uh, I haven't really seen that yet, you know, like Bogle, he gave him a few games. He, he's now brought him back out, you know, Prattley at the back. He played him for a few games, then got sent off. So his hand got forced. It's about trying to just at some point just stick with it and, and hope that things change. And if then they don't, as Mark says, then it sits with the manager. And at that point, maybe you start asking the question about him. Excellent stuff. Right, a couple more tweets before we go to another break. Rob says we were disjointed over running midfield again. I don't usually call players out, but there were too many weak performances. Gilby was on a stroll. We looked very weak in central midfield. That's a key concern for me. We need to win more ball there and get more challenges in. Too easy to walk through us. Addicts uh, and DSNN says uh, I enjoyed uh, Liam Miller's debut for us. Nothing else was worth talking about, though. I've mentally already moved on to Rochdale. Right, we're going to have a quick break, and then we've still got some more emails to come to in a few moments' time. Shinny prepares to take. Shinny takes. Shot. It's a shot! Oh, great break! The power was too strong for Eastwood. He dived to his left, but it's passed him. And Shinny, who got the assist for the first goal, now opens his Charlton account with a lovely free kick. And Charlton, just before half-time, make it two. That you're going to be okay anyway. Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. Uh, trying to get through all of your messages. Uh, once again, plenty have come in, so don't be uh, too offended if we don't uh, read your ones out. But thanks to everyone who has sent uh, a message in. You can either tweet us at Charlton Live or email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk to have your, your thoughts uh, read out on the show. Uh, that's what Steve Richards did. Uh, says uh, Stanley put the knife in. First things first, Accrington put in a great performance and were excellent. They have one of the smallest squads and tightest budgets, but played like a team cohesive, determined and well-drilled. Charlton were lacking in drive, leadership, guile and cutting edge. They played like strangers. The defenders were all woeful. The starting midfielders were out four and out past. Washington and Miller looked bright, but both got subbed off whilst Gilby played the full match. Can already hear Bo saying it's not good enough, but he needs to stop the slide sharpish or promotion hopes will disappear fast. And Madison's injury capped off 
a shocking night. Certainly did. Steve, cheers for your email. Robert says, hi all. Only a few months ago, our beloved club were only days away from going out of business after years of neglect, both on and off the field. Bayer's record so far stands up. He has worked with one hand, sometimes two, tied behind his back. And due to the salary cap, among all else, is doing so again. At the, at the start of the season, the best we were hoping for was avoiding administration or relegation. The takeover allowed us to put a bunch of players together to do so, and that target should be achieved. Anything other than that is a bonus, and making the playoffs would be a tremendous achievement. Personally, I'm undecided if calling the players out in public is the right thing to do, but that is Boya's style, rightly or wrongly. What would we have a give to have a player like him in our midfield at the moment wearing his heart? on his sleeve cheers for that uh, robert right richard says uh, from Charlton exile lots of criticism for boya on social media i can understand that but let's not be too hasty in calling for him to be sacked he stood by us in tough times now's our turn to stand by him i understand the criticism in his inconsistent team selection and ever-changing playing size the systems i also understand the criticism of his public slagging off of certain players even if they deserve it but let's pause for thought we're all living with this pandemic. The change room atmosphere must be very different now. The team spirit has, that has been so much part of Charlton Athletic must have been ruptured by not being able to hang out together and partake in the dressing room banter that we hear about, but few of us ever experienced. Boya has made mistakes. is not only as understandable, but probably to be expected. Both him and Jackson are still relatively new to this. How about we all decide to stick by the management team and the playing squad? Uh, how about we show these employed at the club? Uh, love and support in, diff in difficult times. If we do that, then the good times could just be round the corner. It will seem all the sweeter. Thanks to all of you at Charlton Live for your continued dedication to get into this podcast out and those who do the commentary on Valley Pass. Cheers for that, Richard. Thanks uh, for your email. Right, Tom said, I don't want to go uh, to football manager on you lads, but watching week in, week out, you can see that we're so static, especially in midfield. I actually think that Jake Forster-Kasky is doing a good job in the centre of the park, but for that, to have an impact the team needs movement and triangles around him we have players now who can provide width and speed but if you're not moving the ball then we are not creating space so the passes will continue to go sidewards and backwards uh, there were examples in the second half where we did this and we created space on the flanks though martson uh, through martson overlapping but it's not enough there needs to be a constant fluidity about the game oh is that is that fair mark do you think you know we don't perhaps move the ball quick enough uh, you know m movement off the ball uh, it's it's hard you need the personnel like i said to you earlier we've got good passes of a ball you've just got to have the right person on the end of it and the right decision i think you know it's i'm not watson's biggest fan i'm truly not and i like prattley when he's in the middle because i think he gives us some steel and can sit in front of a four and defend them a bit more and i just think you know gilby you know is is almost like a luxury player shinny i like um it's, it's i think it's again if you know if you've got the right personnel it's 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 fine of the right balance you know do you have an enforcer you have an artist and you go with two wingers i think gilby's not a winger morgan's not a winger um jake's not a winger so playing three almost central midfielders and one winger is just going to give you such a lopsided um feel to it it's 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 a hard one. I mean, it's what you'd say is that you could get a hundred Charlton fans, and you'd probably find five percent would have the same team because we're all going to have our own opinions on who we'd like to see and who would, you know. Obviously, Tom will go for the entire Welsh eleven, but you know, if we're <laughs> not we're not going to sort of like all agree on the same thing. And yeah, and that's what, that's pro 
Sorry, that was sorry, I was going to say. Go on, Mark. No, so I was going to say because also the little things was like you never know. I mean, I remember I spoke to um, Paul Mortimer a couple of years ago. I had a nice chat with him, and he said, "You never know what players are carrying injury wise." He goes, "You see them go out." He said, "But is a player very rarely." is at 100%. He said sometimes 90, sometimes 80. So they're still playing. He said, so you never know who's carrying what knocks and whatever. You know, and it's... We've got to remember, Aquiton says had three weeks off. Okay, you know, I'm not giving that an excuse because I still say they deserve to beat us. But, you know, we don't know how many of that team we've got out there at the moment who aren't running on, on, on four cylinders. And I think sometimes it does show. Um, so, personally, like I say, I think if, if you... I'm, get someone like Prattley back into that midfield and puts a bit of steel in there, we're, we're not so much an easy pushover. So. Mm, yeah, and that point you made about, you know, not not knowing what our strongest 11 is, is obviously one that Tom made, Tom has made this evening as well. It's, it's something that is probably fair, you know, it, it makes it difficult because we are such an unsettled side at times uh, as well. Right, Craig said, hey gang, uh, that display was awful, no guts, no desire. First half we looked okay with Miller looking a great bit of business, second half a bunch of strangers who've never played together before. I don't think Lee should dig out players like that. Maybe Jacko should do the press brief. Uh, hopefully the lads turn up on Tuesday, or I fear it may be a longer stay in st- in uh, League One. Steve says, yeah, Rory, really worrying times. I'm desperate for Bose to stay, but it's feeling more unlikely now with the results and fans starting to turn against him. Has he lost the dressing room? Are they trying? Because they used to run through b- brick walls for him. What is clear is that we have an injury problem in defence, but what is even more clear is that you need legs, energy and desire in your team to succeed in this league and we don't have that, especially in the midfield who were pathetic on Friday. We need at least two high energy midfielders but it's so tough to make changes uh, with the wage cap and COVID. He says bring back Lapo anybody. Uh, I'd, j- I'd rather just accept mid-table this season, stick with Bows, and completely start again next season with a new young squad built for the future. That's from Steve. Right, cheers Steve. Uh, right, we're going to have a quick break and then when we come back we'll look ahead to Tuesday's game uh, with Rochdale at the Valley. Marks against it, does ball across goal. Williams! Oh, Johnny Williams! Johnny Williams scores his first shot on goal! It's a brilliant, well worked move from Charles Foskowski. <laughs> the ball to the far post of Marks, and he did it extremely well to get on the end of it. Ball across goal, and there's Williams to score. A man who's in goal scoring form at the moment. One for Wales last month, his first for Charles this month. And what a moment! Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. We've just been uh, reading some of your tweets and emails once again. Sorry if we didn't get to your message because we've had so many, as you can imagine, uh, at the moment. So we can't get to all of them. But thanks for everyone who, who sent a message into the show. Um, we really appreciate you guys getting involved uh, with us. But I mean, that, uh, just because we're coming to the end, really, in terms of time, Tom, I just want to have a brief look ahead to Rochdale. Um, I was getting all cocky yesterday when they went 3 0 down at home to Crew. Uh, in, in inside about half an hour but then uh, Rochdale came back and actually got a free all draw so they're going to be on cloud nine after that um, not in the greatest run of form though. I think they've only won 
won twice in about 10 same as us so similar form to us actually when you when you look at it like i keep forgetting we're rubbish at the moment but um yeah it's it's a massive game for us i mean rochdale obviously inside the bottom four um you know we really need to start sending a statement that we, we we're still in this this race for the top six yeah yeah i wouldn't say it's must win uh just yet but it's it's a huge game um and they obviously prior to that had had a couple of weeks off as well and have come back and and as you say come back and, and scored three goals i think there's been a couple of times where they've put four or five past teams as well so they know where the goal is um so yeah they're down towards the bottom of the table but we've seen plenty of times this season that that, that doesn't mean a huge amount particularly against us um you'd imagine they're going to come they're going to sit deep uh, they're going to be hard to break down and we're going to have to find a way and and as i say we've got a lot of creativity in that midfield and it's about using them and not just relying on one or two players so yeah as i say not must win yet but it's certainly a huge one and it, and if we can get a win and just you know shut all this noise about the the run and the disjointed nature of everything and uh and all of that sort of aspect of of not just social media but stuff we've spoken about stuff people are emailing about you know it's there for a reason and it's i think a lot of it uh, or certainly a, a large portion of it i agree with but if we can get a win and just quieten all that noise down um then it, it could make a huge huge difference uh, and, and as i said earlier in the show it's just about getting that first win it doesn't have to be pretty at all we've just got to get it over the line and i think when we do people will start to relax the players will start to relax and we can start to get back to the side that i think we're capable of being um so yeah big big game on tuesday night um i'm looking forward to it but uh yeah i don't know if i will be come uh come kick off <laughs> yeah we'll see i mean one of the one of the things that bo has mentioned since uh the end of the game on friday is obviously there there, there isn't a great deal of options in the midfield at the moment uh, Mark so you know I'm looking around that team and trying to work out where where he might be willing to make changes I mean I imagine Miller hopefully you'd hope you know would have enough enough in his legs to go again um, you know I wonder if there's a time for Ronnie Schwartz to come on a bit earlier I wonder if Chooks and EK might start although we have this conversation every game I, I don't know really where the changes are. again even in the defense there's not a great deal of room for maneuver certainly in the, in the center back because you've got to take into account we've got Darren Prattley out suspended and obviously Ryan and Akin still some way from fitness. Yeah, I think the options possibly he might drop Gilby and put Johnny Williams in, um, which might balance us up on the wings if we've got him on one side and Miller on the other and just tell Jake and Albie just to stick closer together. Uh, that might do it. Um, whether they can bring Matthews in um, and or go, and go five at the back and go sort of like Gunter, Deji and Pierce and go that way, or the other side, bring Purrington in, um, and put Madison, move Matson forward uh, a touch. Up front is a turkey shoot. I don't know. Obviously, they're saying Ronnie's not fit yet. You know, they want to give him some minutes um, to to run around. I, I don't think he's going to, you know, start Chucks. I think he'll probably, I wouldn't be surprised if he brought Bogle back into the frame on um, Tuesday and started with him and Washington up front or possibly Smith and uh, Bogle and put Washington on the bench. It's, it's it's difficult because it's how many people suddenly, you know, 
from Friday to Tuesday, a couple of days relaxing. I mean, that's probably what they didn't say about Madison because you normally need a couple of days for bruising to go down before they know what's going to happen anyway. But, you know, if he's not on the bench, I think you do have options, as it were. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if um, Matthews came in. So not that Gunter's done particularly badly, but you know, I don't think... You know, possibly he could do a job in midfield, though. You know, he's. I remember, you know, we played Solly there a few times, and um, you know, he's he can pass the ball and he's solid. So you know, you've got options across the back, not many, but you know, you you do have them. So mm. it's, it'll be it'll be it'll be a head scratcher for Boya. Yeah, I think I can imagine the stick though. If he brings on a, 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 another defender to play in midfield again, it'll be a player out of position, which I'm, I'm sure he'd ideally he'd try not to. But anyway, and, and also again, I'd be surprised if Bogle comes in after what Bo said. But yeah, hey, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Plenty of surprises we've seen already uh, this season. Right, we've run out of time. In fact, we've gone over time on this week's uh, Charlton Live. Thanks to all of you who've listened to the end. Thanks as well to everyone who sent in a message uh, to this evening's show. Thanks to Mark and to Tom for joining me on the pod. You're welcome. Cheers, Keep mate. the faith. Yeah, trying to. Uh, right, <laughs> cheers, guys. So uh, I've been Louis Meadows. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Thursday to look back at whatever happens against Rochdale and ahead to next Saturday's game at Bristol Rovers, I think it is. Look forward to speaking to you again then. But for now, we will say goodbye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.